0: we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it guys i'm gonna make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial my plan is to cry a lot and then no i'm actually gonna do
1: Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points.
2: I personally am not trying to be a a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be in the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mil sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 4 and preview of round 5. This episode is brought to you by Stress Balls, now available in the heads of your favorite MLS players. Uh, ac- no, a- actually this episode is brought to you by MLS Fantasy Boss and the fantastic Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. So tonight I've been successful to wake up most of the regular crew for uh, from this long round four fantasy hibernation that's been going on. Uh, Simon Thwaites, of course, is joining us in spirit as he was busy tonight, but was so kind to hit record for this podcast. We also have Travis Luscombe and Jason Wiskovich. Hello, friends. And also joining us tonight, uh, so that he's not denied his chance to gloat, our very special guest, Andrew Crawlard.
3: Hello, enemies.
0: (laughs) Oh, vicious. How you doing, guys? Sad. Depressed.
1: Yeah,
3: pretty
0: much. My that is that was just, I felt like round four was just this big build-up to just come crashing down. It's like a big game of Jenga. It's just like building, 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 and just collapsed right there underneath us.
2: To be fair, though, I called that before this round started. I said this is going to be a crap round, and I can't wait for everything bad to happen to everybody who brought in Double Game Week players, and that included myself, and it happened.
0: Was rough. Well, let's just jump right on there, starting with you, Travis. What are your general thoughts or your review or just rants about this two-week round four?
1: Oh, I've got plenty of rants. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the week started out uh, really well. Uh, I had uh, Hedges get a clean sheet. I had Diaz get his 12 points in the first round uh, or the first games and uh, and then it all just kind of went sideways. Uh, Diaz getting injured, Morales getting injured, Javinko uh, and Villa not really doing anything, uh, Laba with his red card, that was outstanding, but, yeah.
2: We'll talk more about that later. Yeah, my, uh, mine was kind of the same thing. Um, I got to give a shout-out to Guido, who convinced me to pick up Alsted, uh in li- er, in, uh, in place of Gonzo since Gonzo was predicted to only play one game. So the ousted double clean sheet really helped me out in rank. Um, but obviously my you know, Perales captain didn't work out. It was only two points less than uh, Diaz, but you know those two injuries, all of my subs on my bench that didn't end up playing just because they're scrub subs. Um, I just want to cry. I'm I'm really depressed right now. It's like <laughs> this this double game week would make any casual fan just want to quit and be over it.
0: That's that's pretty rough. Well, that's our job tonight is to help just boost back up the casuals. What about you, Andrew?
3: I was happy with the week. Um, I, <laughs> Here we go. I ended up with 112 points, um, so no complaints there. I won all of my head-to-head matchups. Uh, green arrows across the board. Um, I got absolutely stomped in one of my draft leagues. I lost by 60 points. I got two red cards by Kofi and Sarvas right off the bat, and from there it was just me crying. <laughs>
0: Not too bad. Uh, for myself, I ended up with 99 points for the round, so I, I feel like I can't complain too much about that, but the highest round score was 144 points, so um, that's that's pretty crazy of a score, I think, for, for what happened this round. I, like you, Jason, just wrote this round off as I didn't care for many of the Double Game Week teams. Uh, with the call-ups going on, that was just throwing all kinds of confusion and just the MLS shuffle in general, was in full force, I think we no. saw. Um, not not surprised by what happened. I will give another shout-out to Guy for his tip two weeks ago for Chris Tierney, because he came away with some good points, at least in that first game for New England, so that was that was a nice little pick for everyone who got him. I, unfortunately, went the Feral route, so I did get 13 points from him, but uh, Tierney, I think, got nine, maybe 19, so I can't remember if it was nine more or just at 19, so we got six more points, but that still would have been nice, indeed. Um, I had a bunch of red arrows myself, but I only went down two points in the or two places in the overall ranking, so it makes me feel good that I think a lot of people had rough rounds. So if you are a more casual player, don't worry. This this was a round not to go crazy about. It's it was ridiculous in almost every way, and blame Jason if you, Captain Morales, because. He was all on Twitter posting up his sunglasses, come on pictures and, and gifs, and and then he gets injured. So I think we all know based on the rules of superstition where the blame squarely falls for that one.
2: On well, just... the stupid refs, pro referees. That's how. That's how. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's I, I think a good a good summation for for all of us. It was it was pretty rough. Uh, and if you are feeling the fantasy sorrows after this round, don't worry. Uh, We have a much better game week coming up in a couple of rounds. If you have not used your wild card, then that's very viable, I think, coming up. So so don't worry yet. Don't panic. Grab your towel. Put it over your head. It'll all be fine. So moving on to some housekeeping... Um, as always, that I mention injuries? And this double game week round, injuries galore, and a lot of them came out late. So as we already mentioned, Diaz came up injured due to, I, th- I think that was during a practice injury. Is that right, Travis?
1: Yes, he picked up a leg knock during uh, warm-ups, I think the day before the game. Uh, what I read was Perejas said he was almost available to play Uh, But then they decided to just keep him out for safety precautions. So I'm expecting him to play in round five.
0: And that seems pretty standard for how he handles injuries. And just he really wants to make sure his players get back. So keep an eye on that. Um, Of course, Pedro Morales is one we're going to want to keep an eye on there. Keen is out for several weeks if you have him due to knee surgery out of the blue. I feel like that one came out. Uh, and, of course, Laren also got subbed off. There, There's several more. I don't know if, is anybody else you guys want to mention?
2: Redding got subbed off. Uh, Javier Morales didn't play. I don't even know what's going on with him. Kamara yeah. Lawrence picked oh, yeah. up uh,
3: another injury for New York. Hits just keep coming up there.
2: I Oh, wait.
0: <laughs> Beasley had the concussion issue, so um, monitor that. We'll see. He might be back soon, though, especially with the double game week coming up. Good sense uh, of war. Yeah. And in general, just, just keep an eye. Oh, and um one thing, it's not really an injury, but DC United has signed Tally Hall. So everyone who's rolling with Wara out there, I hope he's your backup keeper because that's probably not gonna last too long. <laughs> but in general, keep checking the injury reports. I know that they're not always as up to date as we all would like. Uh, Jason and I had a conversation with Ben Bear this past week, and, and they share our frustration. So it's not MLS that's just trying to to stick it to us. It's they really try, and the coaches don't report a lot, which could be the league not really having some strong reporting policies, but a lot of the information comes from the beat writers, so we should to follow them on Twitter, and just check um, r slash fantasy MLS for the latest things, or even RotoWire, I hear they have some good injury reporting tools as well. Uh, So the international games are finally over. That was the main cause of this long double game week. So guys, just before we move on, any thoughts on the international games in general or how MLS players performed?
3: I didn't watch a whole lot of them. Um, I did think that uh, Parker for Vancouver played pretty well for the U23s. Yeah. Um, Aside from that, there wasn't really all that much that was notable to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, Gil, yeah, Gil looked pretty good. I think that the two yellows were BS. Um, other than that, yeah, I didn't really watch the under-20s. I, I heard that Parker did really well, so that made me happy.
0: I was just happy he came back to play. <laughs> so, thank <Yeah. laughs> for having a zero. Yeah. Uh, well, I got to watch the US game, so I was pretty excited to see all the MLS players there and do well. And I had this discussion with Guy. I'll let you guys weigh in on it real quick. Um, I... I thought that Kyle Beckerman coming in there was a big influence for doing better against Guatemala, it, if nothing else that how frustrated he visually made all the Guatemalan players. And the discussion with Guy ended up turning away not so much because of Beckerman, but just the, the value of that defensive midfielder position. Um, I still think it has value. He was questioning it, especially on the higher levels, where he says better players can just just run around a defensive midfielder. So, what do you guys think? Do you find value in that strong defensive midfielder position that people like Beckerman can play, or I almost said Beckham for a second, that people like Beckerman can play, or do you think that's not something that's going to help the U.S. team moving forward in the future?
3: I think it's huge. I thought Beckerman was our most important player at the World Cup. Um, I know Matt Doyle is big on having Beckerman in the lineup too. And it's not because he's out there making a ton of tackles or anything like that. It's simply just to keep the balance and the shape and prevent other teams from playing straight down our gut super easily. It's just the positioning is just so crucial for our national team.
2: Exactly. I agree with that. Like having, having a defensive tactician in there is is huge, not only for just ball control and in um, possession, but also to, to, to give our defense more confidence. I mean, look at some of the best teams in the world who have a true center defensive midfielder. Barcelona with Sergio Busquets. Um, Manchester City kind of rotates it, you know, with Fernandinho and... Um, I forget the other guy, but, I mean, there's a lot of teams that have a true center defensive holding midfielder, and... Uh, I mean, if you are playing a four-three-three, then I think it's a good idea to have that that you know defensive midfielder in there. Plus, it's Beckerman. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> Not that you're biased.
0: Yeah, I, didn't yeah, I didn't say it. <laughs> he was. I, I did. I I could definitely see how it it gave. Bradley more freedom to, to move up the field, to, to be involved there, and just help the center defenders know that there was someone else there that could help him bail out. So I thought it made a visual difference, and I loved seeing the Guatemalan players get furious at him. Like, there were a couple of guys who were just losing their minds about Beckham movement, whenever he came in there for tackle. So I thought it was good. So, Guy, if you're re-listening to this, we like them. We'll talk more with you later.
1: Just not an MLS fantasy because they <laughs> provide almost nothing... Right,
0: exactly. This is purely from just uh, a live game point of view. Uh, so before we move on, one quick thing. Uh, I mentioned it last week, but Patreon. So if if you enjoy what we do, please take a moment to stop by our, our Patreon page. And for those of you who may not know what that is, it's just patreon.com slash M-L-S-F-I. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Um Please consider becoming a patron of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, and yes, that that does mean that we're asking for some money and for you to make some donations to us. But in return, we're going to try to get some swag worked up for you. We're in the process of getting some cool stickers, which I know people like uh, Empire Soccer have been doing recently online, and maybe even some pint glasses with the MLSFI logo on it. Uh, There's also some other special perks that we're working on, such as coming on and gave the to chat with us before we record a show to just ask us any soccer or fantasy related question that you may want to, um, just behind the scenes and all access so that's uh, what we hope people will be interested in, and, and hey, if enough people donate to us, then we have some plans for how we can help make the podcast grow and get even better um, but if you guys want to be a part of it, we'd really appreciate it. And So just thank you if you if you go there and consider it. And also a big thanks to Shane Goodwin, who has become our first patron of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. And So in addition to getting a, an MLS FI sticker that he's going to get um, as soon as I get them all finalized and ordered, he will get to join us behind the scenes to chat some fantasy before the show. So so Shane, thank you so much. And everybody else, uh, please just stop by and there'll be a link at someplace around this podcast, so thank you so much.
2: Thanks, Shane. You're a good friend.
0: It's <laughs> yes, maybe we'll have Jason record a, a message on your, on your cell phone just saying, hello, friends. I will. Shane cannot come to the phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So this question came up to Travis on Twitter that I want to highlight before we get to our picks. And I think it's pretty important because it, it comes down to the rules of fantasy, especially price changes. So essentially Travis was asked, how do price changes work when it when a red card is factored in and the amount of time uh, a player has played in the game? So I'll just let Travis take it away from here.
1: Um, okay, so when a player gets a red card uh, as... Matthias Lava did on my roster uh, last round, they get an automatic minus .2 uh, penalty to their price. And that is uh, irregardless of the number of minutes they play, they drop .2 in price. Now, in addition to that, any player um, will get penalized for their score if they play 45 minutes or more uh, regardless of whether or not they get a red card so if a player is is shown a red card before the 45th minute they're not going to get penalized further they'll just get the minus 0.2 because they didn't play more than 45 minutes if they play 45 minutes or more and they get the red card odds are they're going to get another penalty for their score because they're probably going to be zero or negative in points. And so that could mean up to a minus 0.4 for that game. Um, And the only other thing to think about is as far as their points, uh, the players that get red cards, if they're defenders or goalkeepers then they then they can still lose the uh, the clean sheet bonus and and lose points for goals conceded. Well, and the midfielders can also lose the uh, the clean sheet bonus if their team gives up a goal after they get a red card. So that's also uh, in effect. And that's pretty much it.
0: So this is very similar to a, a defender, I guess this is the negative side On the positive side. This is very similar to the defender who gets subbed off before a goal gets scored and gets to keep his clean sheet.
1: Yeah, it's basically the opposite of that. <laughs> there we go. So
0: uh, any other guys want to chime in on that do you think that covered it? No, that's good. Yeah, I uh, hope that clears it up for some people. I know red cards are have been kind of a frustration, I guess, with people the last couple of years with this new point system because it does throw a bit of a, a curveball in there. But, yeah, just remember it's, it's also the amount of time people play. Very important factor. Excuse me. So, enough of that aside, let's get into our picks and questions. I know that's why most of you tune into this show. So, jumping right into keepers and defenders. um, Thinking ahead to Double Game Week 6, we've had some questions already. This one is about Sporting Kansas City. Uh, As we all know, they have a pretty good defense, but uh, people keep saying that they're also a deep defense. So, who do we think is worth picking from Sporting Kansas City that we are pretty confident won't get rotated during this upcoming stretch of double game weeks that they have. I think over the next six rounds, they're going to have three double game weeks. Is that right? Yep. It's pretty pretty important. And then specifically, also, several people were asking about Myers. So, guys, just in general, what do you think about sporting Kansas City's defense for the long haul?
3: I would assume that over this span that Pretty much all of them are going to get rotated, so if you're looking for an entry point into the SKC defense, go with the keeper. Um, Go with Tim Melia. Um, He's definitely a good choice. I think he's only 5.5, so he's not the most expensive either. Um, With regards to Myers in particular, he scored a grand total of one defensive bonus point this entire year. That is bad. Um, So I would definitely avoid him. Um, And then I think if you're looking for a defender to get from them, Mm -hmm. I would stick with the Coelho pick. Um, He's been on my team since week one, and he's not leaving anytime soon. Um, Also, I just want to point out that Kansas City Mm -hmm. has scored the fewest defensive bonus points in the entire game. They have scored seven uh, per game, I believe, and that is not a lot at all when the average is closer to 11 or so. Um, but they do get the clean sheets, so that's nice.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty much on the same page. Uh, I'll, I will probably be picking up Melia uh, for the span of double game weeks, just because keepers are the least likely to get rotated. Of course, now that I've said that, he'll get rotated probably every double
3: game week. But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or injured or red-carded. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm definitely looking at Melia and uh, Coelho as far as the double game week. I may uh, take a punt on Berry, uh for the upcoming game week six, uh, just because he's seen significant minutes and he's really cheap. So... Uh, and then apart from that, uh, yeah, I'm not going to pick up Myers either, just because he he's played every he's played a ton of minutes, but uh, he's not getting any defensive points at all, like bonus points. So
2: yeah, I like both of those picks. I like uh, Melia and Quelo, Um but I'm actually going to go a little different route since I'm wild carding in game week six. Um, I'm Keeping Aousted just because he's a beast, um, and I'm actually gonna be rolling with Zach McMath from Colorado um, for for the double game week. Like I said, right now I still have Alsted. Um but I, I like the fixtures that Colorado have. They play on this coming week. They play here against RSL, and they play at Kansas City, and then home against New York. Um, so at 5.1 as a starter as well, uh, I think he'll he'll. He's good enough as a backup for me, but he also allows me the financial breathing room to bring in other players. That $4 million actually helps out a lot. Um, but I still really like Ousted. Um, I think that he's good. But uh, Kansas City does have a lot. I mean, they have a double game week in 6, 8, and 10. So pick your poison, but I think there is going to be a lot of rotation you,
0: if you do grab one, it's definitely going to be worth having a backup guy on your bench that can probably come into play if you're worried about... Like a, a legit guy to play, not not maybe like a Vincent who didn't seem time this round. But you might want to get a backup on your defense if you're worried about that. Though if it's a double game week, you'll probably still get one game anyway. I, I think the big draw from Myers is that he, he seems offensively focused and he does get a lot of crosses in and shots. It's just that as everybody else pointed out, they don't really connect. And so while he seems dangerous, it doesn't and and I'm sure it adds pressure during a game. It it doesn't reflect on fantasy sheets. Now I did bring him in on my draft league, but that's mostly for when sporting Kansas City has a good match that I might get a double clean sheet on, so that's that's what he's there for. But, yeah, I think you guys nailed that one. So speaking of Defenders, and we touched on this a little bit, so feel free to glance over this if you think we've touched on it enough. A lot of guys have been getting cards recently, I mean, especially the red cards. I, I believe the stat I saw was the number of red cards after four weeks for this season is equal to or more than the last two seasons combined by this time of the year. So that's pretty crazy, and some people were wondering how much should these card accumulations play into us potentially picking defenders?
2: I, I think that with, uh, I believe it was was it Kurt Lawson from Toronto. I think you wrote an article in regards to why there's been so many red cards and yellow cards and why the refs are calling so many fouls. And that's because last year they didn't, they didn't, call fouls that should have been fouls. And this year, I think that they're overcompensating for that, so they're just calling everything. And to me, I mean, traditionally, if you look at the players who got red cards, so Hamison, Olave, um, Simon. yeah, Simon, Ariel, Colin, players like those that are very aggressive and tend to foul a lot, I think you steer 100% clear from. Um, but honestly, I, I still, I'm still gonna, you know, get, you know, Hedges and Vincent and Quelo and, you know, players like that. It's, it's kind of a crapshoot with, who's gonna, you know, who's gonna get a yellow card, who's gonna get a red card. I mean, uh, Uncle, who refed the RSL game had an average of four yellow cards a game, and he's refed 30, 33 or 34 games. It also depends on the referee. Geiger, gives more. I think Geiger gives more red cards than anybody as well. It's like. It just depends on who's reffing that game. So to me, I don't consider card accumulation potential when picking defenders at all.
3: Yeah, for me, I only start worrying about it when they're about to get a yellow card accumulation. So I think it's at five yellow cards is when yeah. you get a suspension. Um, so if that's going to happen, and maybe they're on a double game week or I'm picking somebody up for the next two or three weeks, Um, If they're right on the brink at four, then I'll probably consider somebody else.
0: Anything else to add, Travis?
3: No, that's that's pretty much my thought too. All
0: right, well then let's just get our uh our get get our picks right now. So keepers and defenders, guys, who do you like for round five? Not six, round five. Jay. Uh,
2: round five, I still like Alstead as my defender. I'm sorry, as my keeper, and then my defender, I uh. I think um, uh, Parker as well. I, I really like the way that uh, Vancouver is playing defense right now, and uh, I think that those two are, are going to do well. Even though it's away at DC, I still think that uh, they're going to do well, if not you know, keep a clean sheet.
0: Andrew?
3: Uh, for keepers, stick with who you got. If you have to make a transfer, I would probably bring in Malia. Um And for defenders, I like Figueroa from Dallas and Hedges from Dallas. Um, I'm considering having them both in my team going forward. And then we met for New York Red Bull. He's 5.4. He's playing center back. And with all the injuries to their other center backs up there, he's going to be starting for a while. Um, And for the next, like, four weeks or so, New York has – I think they've got a home game and then a double game week and then home games. So he's definitely someone that I think pretty much everybody should bring into their team now.
0: He's on my punt list. Sporting Kansas City at home, double game week with San Jose and Colorado, both on the road. Orlando at home, Dallas at home, and then uh, Orlando away, D.C. away. Those are the next six weeks for them. Not bad. Yeah. We'll see. Um, And Travis.
1: Yeah, I'm going to probably stick with Ostud for one more week um, and play him just because I already have him. Uh, And then for defenders, uh, I've got hedges, so I'm going to play him as well and uh, probably pick up uh, Hoberry. Uh, They have a tough matchup against RSL, but I'm going to be picking him up to, to prepare for game week six. And uh, I'll probably play Parker as well, just because I have him still.
0: Very nice. So moving on to midfielders. So two of the biggest events that happened. I guess both of these players scored, I believe. Uh, but Benny Failhaber and Kaká are now back into the mix, and they did well. As I said, I think I believe they both scored. Is that right? Benny scored near the end of that game, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, man. he
3: got a PK. Yeah, uh, and he... then
0: Kaká got what two goals and an assist, or was it an assist and two goals? Two assists and a, two assists. And a goal. To assist in a goal, it was it was pretty crazy. So they both did well coming back. Should managers be considering these guys going forward, like immediately?
1: Um, Benny definitely, uh, just because Sporting KC has so many double game weeks coming up, and uh, Kaká, yeah, maybe two. But the problem with with picking up Kaká is he's so expensive and he doesn't have a double game week for ever, like for another six or seven game weeks. So if you're going to be spending that kind of money on him, then that's going to kind of limit some of your other options. Uh, so unless you think he's going to do as well in his one game as a bunch of the other top midfielders playing two potentially, then, uh, I'm probably going to stay away from Kaká right now, but, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame anyone if they wanted to bring him in because he looked really good last uh, last game.
0: And if Laren's out, but Kaká's actually 0.3 cheaper than Benny, so it's mostly the double games then.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm not gonna touch Benny at all. He looked like absolute garbage, um, and he scored a goal in the second minute of uh, extra time. So. Um, he would and, and realistically he would have only scored two points out of the entire game because he got a yellow card as well um, and at 11 million I think that the only value with him is on PKs um, and maybe some set pieces. Uh, it's kind of the same thing with uh, paralysis but you know paralysis scored all the pKs as well. Um, and Kirkcal he doesn't have a double game week like Travis said until game week 12 but if you are looking for a good single game, player, then he could be your man. I mean, he looked fantastic last night, uh, but I, I think that personally I, I'm an advocate of getting players that are in a double game week setting, um, so if I were to choose one of the other gun to my head, I would pick Benny.
3: I am also avoiding Kaká, and it's entirely due to the schedule. Don't like it. Um, I think I'm probably going to start looking at him around 11 or 12, and that's still quite a ways away. Um, with regards to Benny, he is not going to score anywhere close to as well as he had last year. Um, he didn't take any of the corner kicks. Out. I don't think it was Brad Davis and Graham Zeus. he taken all of them. Yeah. Um, he was playing as the box-to-box midfielder, which I assume he's probably going to get switched back up to the playmaker role, the number 10 slot. Um, but uh, Jordi Quintia has been playing decently well in that role. Um, so if they do choose to rotate through the midfield, I, I could see that happening where he slots back into the 10 and Balehaber drops back um, into the 8 slot. Um, so if you're going for a midfielder from Kansas City, I would probably go with Sony Mustavar, the holding midfielder.
2: Stop taking all my punts. Geez.
3: <laughs> hey, great minds and whatnot. I know, I know. But with with all the game double game weeks coming up, I'm actually a fan of picking up the defensive midfielders for some of these teams that have double game weeks. Um, I did it with Caldwell from New England this week and he got me a nice steady ten points, which is You know, on a single game week, that's awesome. You take that without question. So I I do like these double game week defensive midfield options.
0: And that's working out because these are the guys with the higher floors, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So it's like while we're all just totally depressed that people like maybe Sasha Kleshin get two points or the forwards get four points, these holding midfielder guys grabbing four or five, it's like, ah, that's awesome, great game. I'm I'm slightly tempted by Kaka, I must say, which is a total turnaround from last year, uh, mostly because I'm planning to wildcard in round six. So for round five against Philly, I could see how it might be worth the risk, trying to roll with Kaka, especially if Laren doesn't play and he really is that focus. Um, and he I, I can see his draw as well with the upcoming double games and just that New York Red Bull defense that's in total shambles right now. So... But you guys nailed that where he was of Kansas City. With with Zussi and Davis in there, I still don't know who, if anybody, to really throw your hat on fantasy-wise because there's just so many options.
2: And realistically, too, with that PK, it was outside the box, and uh, Uncle was literally five feet away Saw that saw that it wasn't inside the box. Looked at his assistant who was across the field. His assistant flagged it in the box, and Benny got the PK. It's like if if it wasn't for that PK, Benny would have had two points, and then hey, it well. Close. It's MLS. You never know what's going to happen. It's I <laughs> MLS. Yeah, because MLS. I know, but what but what I'm saying is, you know, with like let's just let's just you know play devil's advocate. If that PK didn't happen and he's on two points, nobody would even be considering to bring him in in the next couple weeks.
1: Oh, probably not. But, uh, I mean, look Very at fair. all the crap penalties that Vancouver have gotten. True. <laughs> I mean, they've gotten one, like, pretty much every week almost, except for this last game week.
2: It's because it's Morales anyway, anyway. got injured and yeah. <laughs> no one was yeah. there to take it. Yeah. That's what it is. So they just okay, stole it. <laughs> so, moving on,
0: I'm going to touch on this question. Because a lot of people wanted to know. Uh, in general, people want to know what's up with question uh, is, is he worth even considering for the upcoming, upcoming double game weeks? But even broader, what's up with the New York Red Bulls?
3: So stepping back and looking at it just from a pure tactics standpoint, I watched two of their games earlier today just to see what the heck is going on. And I think it's down to two things, really. The first is their center backs. Um, They are dropping off instead of, like, last year. Their center backs were playing very aggressively and staying high, so their high-press system was working, Um, whereas this year it's not working. They're winning the ball back much deeper than they were last year. Um, So they have to build up a heck of a lot more to be able to generate chances. And then the second thing was that their wingers are pinching in really narrow, and so the field is just not spread and it becomes a heck of a lot easier to defend against that. Um, both Sam and Grella were playing super narrow. Um, they were almost playing like just a three regular forward set instead of a forward and then two wingers. It, it was bizarre. It was weird. Didn't like it. Um, all that said, <laughs> I, I do think Question is worth grabbing this week if you don't have him. Um, I, I He's on PKs. Um, he'll be taking a lot of the set pieces this week, especially with uh, Felipe out with the red card, which may or may not get rescinded. Um, I hope it gets rescinded. That was a terrible call. Um, but I, I do like Question for the next two weeks at least.
1: Um, so first of all, I, I hope Felipe's red card doesn't get rescinded just because it's Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a big fan of Flippi but I agree Uh, I'm looking at probably bringing in Kleshton at a minimum for the double game week uh, just because he has the potential of getting a lot of points um, if New York can figure out what the heck they're doing and and start fixing those things that you mentioned Andrew Um, but yeah I I probably will pick up question for the double game week.
2: Yeah, I've had I've had question uh, this entire year, and I know he had the 14 point game uh, the second week, which was great. Got subbed out I think the 78th minute this week, 76 minute with only two points. But it's only a matter of time before the Red Bulls start firing, and if you're not on that train, you're going to get left in the dust. But if you can't afford the 11.2 oh. price tag of Question, I think Dax McCarty, who's 9.1 with 21 points, compared to Question, who's 11.2 at 24 points, um, so three points difference and almost $2 million in difference, uh, very consistent four, six, and seven points. I think he could be a good double game week option for people that can't afford that high price tag of Question. But I think you get one of those two. And especially now that Felipe, if he if his red card does not get rescinded, I could see McCarty and Clushton having an an even bigger game this week.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, but wasn't Dax one of the better performing, uh, more defensive midfielders than uh, of of all the ones last year?
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and he was also helped a lot by the scoring changes. Um, he right. Got yeah, that's what I meant with, with the conversion. Yeah, yeah, he got decent tackles and uh, passing bonus as well, so he's a good, good option at defensive mid.
0: So all is not lost, New York Red Bull fans. So don't, don't fret. Uh, and then the final question, just to go over quickly. Uh, lots of people also like this one. People want to know about Valeri. Uh, he got that late goal. He's done a lot of great things. I, I, I love the guy as a fantasy player. Um, but people want to know if his value is going to go down if he's off corner kicks. Now, I don't think he was off all the corner kicks, but let's just consider if Diego Valeri stopped doing corners or any of these but like Kleshtian or, or Davis, if some of these guys stop taking corners, get rotated off, how does that impact their value in your eyes?
2: I, I think it does impact the value, but not to the point where I would take them out. Diego Valeri is still the supreme playmaker in Portland, uh, even though Portland looked like Hot garbage last night. Sorry, guy, but they they looked horrible. But the bright spot was Diego Valeri. Uh, he looked fantastic, and I believe he he still took roughly sixty to seventy percent of the corners. Uh, I think uh, we were talking earlier. I think Reed said that it was Nagby that took a couple. But um, you know, I think that Valeri for his value, his price tag, his value is still too good and I know that they uh, Portland has a double game week um, in double game week uh, 6 and then they have a bye game week 7 and then uh, another double in game week 8 and a double in game week 10 so you know I think that he's a good pickup and I think that uh, his value really doesn't go down unless he's 100% off corner kicks which I cannot see happening
0: Anything else to add guys?
3: Yeah, um, Valeri is averaging 4.5 attacking bonus points per game. The next closest in the entire fantasy game is averaging 2. That's a, <laughs> over twice as many attacking bonus points. That's insane. Um, so, I mean, this week I'm really conflicted because L.A. concedes the fewest attacking bonus points out of any team. They can see it only two and a half per game total, um, and Valeri by himself is averaging almost double that. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in this one. Um, but for the double game weeks, you got to own Valeri, whether he's taking corner kicks or not. You got to have him.
0: Truth. All right. So now what everyone's been waiting for: midfielder picks. Travis.
1: Um. Yeah. So we already we already talked about number one, Valeri. Um, even, even though he's playing at LA, I still think he's going to do well. I mean, like Andrew said, he's getting over four bonus points a game. So even if he has a bad game, he's still getting five or six points. So just having that cushion is crazy. Um, I'm going to stick with Mauro Diaz, uh, assuming he's going to recover in time for the game. Uh, against uh, San Jose, which uh, I believe he should be. Um, and then I was looking at picking up uh, Sonny our in preparation for the game week six. I know that's Jason's punt, but uh, he's pretty cheap, and he's been playing a lot of minutes, and he's been getting a lot of points for the price. So... That's my Jake?
2: budget pick. Yeah, um, for me, I, I still like the DS pick as long as he's in. Um, I, I really like that. Uh, Valeri as well, I think, is he should still be in everybody's team. Uh, I'm going to go a little different route. Um, I've liked Powers so far this year for Colorado, um, but in the chat room earlier today, a lot of people were big on Papa. So I think if you're looking at a, at a good little differential pick, um, Powers or Papa could be really good. Um, and then I also really like Piatti. I think Piatti this week, home against Columbus, uh, could be a pretty big uh, game for him. Then he plays away at Chicago, at home against Toronto, and then has a double. So uh, I think Piatti could perform pretty well this week.
0: And if you're
3: looking like at a, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, just, I like that Piotti pick, too. Um, it, it would just be a one-game punt for me, but he's he's definitely going to be one of those guys that I, I think will be worth it for that single week. Even if it was a double game week this week for other guys, I think I would still grab Piotti this week. Um, and then Diaz, for sure, he's staying in all of our teams. Uh, Valeri is staying in my team. I like Question, He's going to stay in my team as well. And then... If you're looking to save some money, I would look at Michael Azira, who is playing holding mid for Colorado. <laughs> he's at 5.5, and he's scoring like four, five, and six points every single game. Um, so he's he's definitely the budget option that if you need to shift some money to another position, he's definitely one that's going to be good bang for your buck. That's exactly
0: you, who I was getting ready to say whenever Jason was talking about Colorado options was a zero. Nice.
2: Well, let me ask you guys this. So with a lot of people having Pedro Morales for Vancouver, um, he I, I didn't see the game. I didn't see the injury. Um, you guys taking him out this week? If so, who are you going to replace him with?
0: So here's my worry about, about Pedro, and I was really counting on this second game to help answer this question, is he played further back in the first game of this week, and so his points weren't as fantastic. And and it was that, that PK that, that really got him the big points. And so my first thought was, okay, it's the double game week. A lot of starting defenders are gone. Everyone's just kind of being more defensively minded, which is understandable and, and not totally unexpected. So I was really hoping to see him shine again in the second game, and he got injured. So I'm left with this question of wondering exactly how he's going to be playing, how involved is he going to be? Are we going to see that round one just massive amount of, of offensive points that he can put up? So I would definitely put him on the chopping block this round if you were considering, I mean, if you're daring a Kaká trade or if you're trying to bring in Piotti. Those are those are some guys with the higher values that you could look to bring in. Um, but the, that that's something that's nagging in the back of my mind, about Pedro, even though he has been doing well.
3: I would drop him. I was really looking hard at him last week and ended up not even picking him up to begin with. Um, His underlying stats are just not good. Like There's defensive midfielders that are scoring more points than he is if you take away his PKs. Um, so for, for that price, it's just not worth it. And I think a lot of that is combination of him being played in the box-to-box role. And then also, he's not taking all of the set pieces. Um, I think Teixeira and Bolaños are both taking a bunch of them. So he's just all around just downtrend. Yeah, I'm probably so
1: shipping him out for uh, for question myself since I don't have him uh, yeah. on my yeah. roster right now. Yeah,
0: another one to consider. So there's that question. So moving on now, we're going to go to forwards. Only one question, so guys, I'll give you some free reign to expand this however you'd like. Um, and this comes from Mike Tiger, so he's a good one to to listen to, guys. Uh, last year, four points without a goal or an assist was a pretty good score, a good floor. Um, for a forward so is that no longer true under this new point system if not what is the baseline that we should be looking for to define as a quote unquote good score during a single round Um, and then, in addition a lot of people were wondering is it time to ship out Geo
3: and Via? So I think four points is probably still about right to where you feel Okay about it. You're not like pumping your fist, all right, four points, yeah. Um, but you're also not just crying into your beer. Um, <laughs> so, four points, it's fine. Um, if, if that's the floor of the forwards that you got, of guys like Gio and Via, you, you take those four point gains. They're not going to score a goal or get an assist every single game. Um, and so, when it, it'll average out. When they do score that goal, their average gets boosted up, so... I, I think they're both fine still. Um, I still don't own Geo, and I still won't own Geo, but I'm, I'm definitely holding on to Via.
1: Um, for me, first of all, I don't really want to answer Mike since he beat me in the uh, <laughs> fantasy uh, head-to-head this week, but... Having said that, yeah, I agree four points is, is decent enough. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drop via uh, over the next couple rounds just because even though he only got four points, he looked really good playing and was still the focus of the attack for New York City. I mean, he was probably three inches from scoring just an amazing goal last week. Um and anytime he has a home game, it's just gonna be an opportunity for him to, to get a huge number. So I'm not dropping via just because he's getting fours. Uh, I think four is a decent baseline. you're you're gonna get the the big games along with the four point games
2: yeah i uh, <clears throat> I, I agree with the four points as the floor, but to me, it's when I'm paying eleven point eight million dollars for Giovinco, eleven point one for Via. I'm expecting more than four points. I'm expecting four points from a Plata or a Laren or a Kamara, um, but when I'm paying the big bucks for premium guys, I'm expecting them to score and you know you you get automatic two points for playing ninety minutes, but now you're counting on attacking BPs or shots or being fouled. That's tricky. and to me at that price point four points is no good. I can, I can drop down $2 million and get a Laren or a Plata or a Bruin or, you know, whoever else and, you know, get that consistent 6, 7, 8, 9 points a game. Um, I'm going to keep Via, i um, keeping Dwyer. Um, <clears throat> I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm pretty sure Giovinco's gone.
0: No, I don't think that's crazy at all. I, I think... What uh, Andrew really said early on in the season just with this stretch of home games, and we were tricked, a lot of us, at the beginning with a, a strong opening performance. Um, it, it's taken Toronto a little while to get into their groove. I've, I'm still pleasantly surprised with how their defense has performed several times. Very, very good transfers over this uh, offseason for them. But yeah, for, for that amount of money, I, I think Geo is totally viable to be on the chopping block more so than VIA, especially if it helps you load up with that stacked midfield. Yep. So that's the only forward question I have. Do you guys want to add anything before we get
2: to our picks? I'm sorry if you picked up Dom Dwyer last week. I really thought he was going to do well. Um, can we <laughs> so go no, again? You're, ben, you're if, sorry,
0: not sorry about last week. With Yes.
2: Game. Yes, yes. But if Benny wasn't in, realistically Dom would have gotten the PK and then you guys would have all been thanking me. But if you haven't Keep them.
0: <laughs> well said, well said. So let's do it. Forward picks.
2: Yeah, um, for me this week, uh, I think that if you're looking for a single week stud, um, you got to go with Plata. He's been on fire. He looks... Like I said earlier, he looks great. He's playing great, and he's got a great smile. How could you not be in love with him? I
0: think I think the stat that I heard on TV was he's been involved with a goal or the assist with every point you
2: guys have scored this year. Yes, yes, he
0: has. Yep. I mean, that, that's that's like the stuff we say about to justify a com. So why not also for him?
2: Yeah, and uh, I really like Plata. Um, I, I'm still still riding the Via train. I think that. Um, you know, this week especially, uh, New York City playing at home against Chicago. Uh, I think that that has got to be a good game for Villa. Otherwise, I don't. I may even just ship him out and just freak out, and I don't even know what I'm going to do. But um, yeah, Villa and Plata, I think, are two forwards that you should definitely have.
3: For me, I'm sticking with Rudy and Via. Um, They've both been on my team for a couple weeks now, and they're going to stay in for a couple more. Um, I do like the Plata pick. Uh, He's taken a lot of the set pieces, which I think he might be just about the only forward aside from Giovinco that's doing that. Um, Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong in the comments on that one. And then another pick that I really like that somebody I don't remember who was talking about on Twitter, like, how long can we continue to sleep on Sapong? Yeah. He has looked surprisingly good, and he's been really close to getting several goals already this season that just haven't quite gone in. Um, So he's got, I think, three home games in the next four weeks. So that's definitely someone to look at if you're looking for a single-game week guy.
2: Yeah, four points, 17 points, and four points. And he's been – I've actually watched a couple of the Philly games. He's hit the woodwork. He's been super close. The same same with Europe. Yeah. He's hit the woodwork, I think, more times than anybody this season. But Sapong is a fantastic pickup.
3: Yeah, Sapong's hit the post, like, three or four times already, which is just nuts. Yeah.
1: Uh, for me, uh, my two favorite picks for this week are probably uh, also aboard the VIA train, Choo Choo. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll probably pick up Dwyer because um, New York, uh, their defense has been a uh, piece of crap. So I'm Hashtag fantasy to sorrows. Hashtag... Swiss cheese <laughs> so I'm hoping that continues and uh, and then I'll have Dwyer for the span of double game weeks
2: speaking of Dom what the hell is he doing with his hair is he trying to look like Sugar Ray or something I mean you see those frosty tips
0: <laughs> like the 90's frosted tips is yeah that that what works? is this
2: 1998 like come on man he's starting a
0: boy band <laughs> <laughs> oh man is that Sporting Kansas City's next uh, next little advertising gimmick Definitely. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Well, those are all the forward picks that we have right there. Uh, do you guys have any must have players for this round? Is there anyone really for
3: this one? I've got just one okay. Carl, we met. Carl, we met. That's it. Wow.
1: That's a pretty bold pick.
0: And that's the not. Price. It's, it's I was going to say, yeah. yeah. All about that price. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to the captain then, uh, Travis. Who are you going with
1: this week? Ooh, captain pick. That's a toughie. Uh, if he is healthy and definitely playing, it will be Mario Diaz. If not, then Via. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's that, that. That was exactly what I was going to say. Um, I if Diaz is healthy, it'll be Diaz. But I'm really actually torn. Um, between uh, even Diego Valeri and Villa, just because Valeri has just been so consistent. Um, And, I mean, if you did watch the game last night, he had a shot on his left foot that, I mean, it was so close to going in. Um, uh, Who's the keeper? Um, Bendik made one of the best saves I've seen, like like reaction saves. Um, But, you know, Portland playing home against, or I'm sorry, Portland playing away against L.A. Uh, I think that Portland has a great shot at, at uh, coming back, and especially losing was it four to one last night. Uh, I feel bad for L.A. Portland's gonna bring it. Major.
3: <laughs> and I think I'll most likely end up on Diaz again, um, but Via is probably just about the only other choice that I might consider. There we go, across the board, wow.
0: Well, guys, uh, I don't think that's happened yet. Any <laughs> other questions you guys want to cover before we move on to some fun stuff?
1: Oh, uh, one thing I will say is if I had gone with my uh, Fagunda captain pick, I actually wouldn't have done too bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. A little lack of faith, your lack of faith. Yeah. Dear to <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to the community time. Uh, the top scorer from the r slash fantasy MLS for round four was Benjamin Lyon, um, and I wrote his team name down, but I forgot to put it in my notes here, so give me just a second to get that loaded up. And he is the manager of, oh, how could I have forgotten, FC BirdTurgler. So, um, nice. <laughs> you guys finally got me to say one of them. So there there was that. He got 138 points. So... Wow. And, and, like we said, 144 was the highest, so he was only 6 off, but he was still only ninth overall. So some of the people who got high this round, I don't know what you guys are doing or if you're just inactive, but kudos to you, man, for, for getting 138 points. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, and I guess the moment we've all been waiting for, or at least, Andrew, we're going to get to the MLSFI Hosts Head-to-Head League, so take it away.
3: I won. I beat Reed, handedly, from minute one of this entire week.
0: Now, I will say, you did ask me to pull out my shovel during the second half, and I did, (laughs) because I believe I was 29 points behind, and I only ended up losing by 13, which, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's a decent comeback.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: guess. Would have been, would have been. Oh, thanks, thanks. Would have been much better had uh, Jason not jinxed everyone and, and injured Paralis. So I mean, that's not
2: bad, bro. He's my captain.
0: I was okay <laughs> with that actually. <laughs> fickle, fickle people. That's what it is. But yes, yes, I did. I get smashed pretty well, um, and I will not cop out. Even though I was expecting this week to be bad, I will not use that as a cop out. And uh, I will say some of my picks just did not pan out like I had hoped. Um, banked a lot on Zimmerman coming back, so that sucked. <laughs> Get that big zero there. Big, big O zero. Uh, For the guys who aren't here, uh, Simon did not continue his winning streak. He lost by 10 points to older goalers, so congrats, man, for for doing that there. Um, Guy, with his slow-mo Sanchez, even though he lost his bet and is now sporting a little Orlando City uh, Twitter icon, um, smashed Ben Bear. Maybe not smash. We're looking at what? 17 points. So that's uh, that's smashed. We'll go with smash. So he smashed him, getting 114 points this round. So guy, guy really tore it up. Uh Jason, what about your team? You beat my
2: buddy. Well, it's easy to beat Scrubs. <laughs> uh, just kidding, Steve. I love you.
0: I think you had one of the higher wins. Uh over forty points was your victory over my buddy Steve?
2: Yeah, uh forty
0: Five points. 45, pretty vicious. So remember, guys, it's always fun to try to get your friends into your fantasy soccer league to grow the MLS game, but it's also good to always have a taco. And this year, Steve is our taco, so
2: (laughs) sorry. I am excited for this week, though, because I play... uh, Some guy that's in here right now. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, We
0: need to talk about this more on Twitter, guys, so tweet this out. The big matchup of Fantasy Football 24-7 versus Fantasy Football First came down to Ivan the Terrible of Fantasy Football First taking it. And uh, that that was a great little European head-to-head tips. Matchup, especially since I think that's the first loss that Fantasy Football 24 7 was served up. So, congrats, guys, there. And then uh, Mike Dat Tiger, who changed his team to hashtag FantasySorrows. Maybe that was good luck for him, but uh, he beat Travis.
1: As has everyone else <laughs> in the MLS FI Hosts League. I was happy. I had 108 points. And yeah, I beat out solid. I beat out Ben, the research bear, in the uh, MLS fantasy experts uh, league, but I'm 0-4 in the hosts league. I did not even check how I did that there.
0: It's this is a tough a tough matchup that we have here. We got a lot of, of good players. I mean, again, how often do you score 80 or 90 points and end up near the bottom of, of a head-to-head league or your little group? So um, Oh, I I stayed the same in the fantasy experts league. I I beat Josie, so excellent. My ninety nine points got me through that one. So good job. But yeah, uh, that was that was some great matches this week. Next week, Simon's taking on fantasy football twenty four seven. Andrew is taking on Jason. Ooh, yeah,
3: you might as well start with your shovel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow. You man. really you really want me to you know. Dig your grave this early? Jeez, man! Oh.
3: Oh, snap.
0: Oh. oh snap, the gauntlet's been thrown. Uh, Guy is going to take on Older Goaler. That would be a fun little match. Ivan the Terrible is going to take on me. And we'll see how that works, if I can, how my uh, how my sword gets pitted up against some of the biggest European tip players. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, my buddy Steve is taking on Travis. Yay. First win coming up there, Travis.
1: I hope so. If not, I'm just going to rage quit the league.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Uh, then Ben Bear is taking on Mike Tiger, so that should be fun as well. You know, something we haven't talked about enough this season, I'll go ahead and mention now, is uh, if you're a casual and you're listening, just keep playing because if you can just, just forget about your overall score, try to get the best team that you can, there is a a winner each round who gets a $25 gift card from Major League Soccer. That's, that's pretty cool. So... Just just come in and wild card and see what happens and maybe you'll get the highest score and and take home a twenty five dollars you can spend on the store. So don't don't forget about that. There's there's some good prizes this year, uh, especially from the R slash Fantasy MLS League where if you like scarves, that's what we can afford. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so that's all that I have for leagues. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts or plugs before we wrap this up?
2: Nope. nope. Um, if you guys want to go on Twitter and go follow. At because MLS because it's <laughs> one of the best uh, names there and um, it's pretty awesome. And submit your because MLS
0: moments. Yes, because that's that's what it is. He may not be the MLS account that we wanted, but apparently he's the one that we deserved. <laughs> Uh, I will throw out some plugs since uh, everything's back to normal. Keep checking out MLS Fantasy Boss to see things that Andrew and others are are posting there. Since Guy is not here, check out SportingSanchez.com for his Married Man's Guide to Sports Addiction. I think that's what his podcast is called. Uh, Guy and I also took part in a video cast. Is it video podcast or just video cast? I don't it's know. A vlog. A, fl- a vlog. I don't know. Took place in a vlog. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> with uh, with soccer captains, where we called it uh, a little bit of our um, ranting and drinking that we had about some of the double, the, not the double game week but just soccer in general. A uh, little video; it's on Reddit and some of our Twitter feeds. So check that out. A little fun thing we may try to put together every now and then. That was fun, and I guess Travis and I are you did you are you taking this week off from your articles?
1: No, I've got an article coming out on Wednesday. There it that is. I to write. So. lots of
0: stuff coming out uh, from lots of people so again please visit Patreon if you'd like to help contribute to helping just continue MLS Fantasy Insider we do have some expenses that we we do try to take care of and so every little bit can help us there Um, so we appreciate that if you want to check it out and again that is patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash m-l-s-f-i and you can see what kind of offers that we have for what we're hoping well you guys will find fun as rewards and give us some feedback if not and we'll see if we can improve that and just let us know what you feel is is worth a donation from you guys so anything else nope nope i think that covers it all right well thank you everyone for listening and good luck